Love This Podcast. My name is Keenan, joined by my brother Kyle, as always, guest, friend of the show, Timmy. How's it going, guys? Doing well. I'm great. I'm great. Thursday, we got a good Thursday night game. I'm yep. ready. Yeah, for sure. Um, normally, we do stuff, we talk about this at the end, too, but I wanted to just say in the beginning, um, definitely... Look at us on Instagram. Look at us on YouTube. And also, Kyle and I have been getting pretty involved with the Live Take app. It's an app. It's Right now, it's iOS only. But download the Live Take app. You can put your takes on there. You can put mini videos on there. It's basically just a nice sports community to where you can post things and interact with other people on there. It's a very fun, cool app. It's definitely up and coming. So look out for the Live Take app for sure wanted to quickly say that um speaking of the live take app though last night the wee hours of the morning kyle and i talked about the trade heard around the world one of the biggest trades over the last 10 years honestly when you break it down one of the biggest damian lillard headed to milwaukee you've got drew holiday headed to portland obviously there's more pieces there and then nurkic and grayson allen heading to Phoenix in a three-team, an eight and heading to Portland as well, in a three-team trade. Uh, Kyle, we've already got your first take on it. Um, Timmy or Kyle, who wants to go first talking more about it? This thing is, it's trade's crazy. I mean, I know you had thoughts about it. Like, you got some specific things you want to get, you want to get off your chest that you teased on live take last mm-hmm. night. I mean, you understood that we did an exclusive reaction podcast on live take is really did. did so um i mean my take from it was basically i think we each agreed like it was a good deal for all three teams um probably yep. like phoenix's end of it the least with Nurkic, um especially if you're giving away a young asset like aiden obviously he seemed unhappy with his role over the last year year mm-hmm. and a half with phoenix and that was probably only going to continue with the addition of bradley beal uh, and the other scores that they have, you know, they got a lot of one-on-one scores on that on that squad. So I like it mostly. Like I don't. We'll talk about Phoenix more next month. But as far yeah. as the Bucks and Portland, I think you couldn't have got a better trade. Honestly, I mean, it's damn near a perfect trade for each. Uh, the Bucks might need to iron out some depth, which we talked about. But in general, mm-hmm. just Dame with Giannis, and then of course Middleton, you still have over there. Um, you got to be happy if you're a Bucks fan. And it likely secures Giannis for at least a few more years or at least an extension, I would think, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's an A-plus trade for the Bucs. Uh, you have to be happy if you're like, – like I said, if you're a Bucks fan especially, but if you're Chris Middleton, I think you're getting open shots all day, every day, this whole season. So, Absolutely. And, uh, Timmy, I know basketball is not football for you, but you do will follow it. Uh, what did you think about the trade? Um, a cricket guy, actually. You caught me. <laughs> um, in terms of all the teams, I think it's actually a pretty decent trade here. I'm just like looking at it, really checking it out. The one thing I was always worried about with Phoenix um, after they traded for Beal was who their bench was going to be. They didn't really have any depth, yeah. and they kind of gained yeah. a lot of depth with this. So, um, yes. And especially like Kyle mentioned, Aiton was kind of a dramatic guy at one point, you know, demanded mm-hmm. a trade. They extended him to get that out of the locker room. Maybe that kind of helps this team gel. There's going to be a lot of people that 
a lot of mouths to feed on this team. So um, mm. I think the Suns, even though they might not have gotten the most through all three teams here, I think it might actually make their team play a little bit better. So, and then obviously Damian Lillard's great. So the Bucks win no matter what. Um, and then the Blazers, the Blazers got much more of a deal um, this way than they would have from Miami. So they did what was best for their franchise here. So. Yeah. I, as, as I said to Kyle, I think all parties involved really uh, did well. I mean, the thing right as the Bradley Beal trade happened, we talked about it on the pod and we were like, okay, you guys lost last year because you needed bodies. And then when you traded a lot of bodies for Bradley Beal, when the one problem you guys did not have was scoring and that's what he does. You guys don't have a real facilitator, but regardless, they just didn't have the bodies. Now they at least have bot like legitimate NBA bodies who in playoff situations can play. Grayson Allen has, Obviously, the last moment we have of him was whatever that was against Miami, but he still played in big playoff games. You've got Nazir Little, who they got as well, who's a pretty solid defender. Like they've got, they finally got some pieces added to that roster. So I think that's good for the Suns. The Blazers aspect, they're not done yet, which I'm about to get into. And then obviously, as I, um, as we talked, it's Damian Lillard. Like that's a, at worst top 12 player in the league going with at worst the top a top three player in the league put together so two of the top 12 players in the league plus you kept brooke lopez plus you kept bobby portis like it you can't you can't you can't really go wrong and veterans are gonna want to play there especially after the buyout market knowing they don't have to stay in milwaukee too long to get a championship so it's definitely a great move for everybody um, and do you want me, Kyle, do you want to get into the Drew Holiday portion of this, which is the second shoe that needs to drop in this? Yeah, I mean, I'll kind of reiterate what I said yeah. last night before uh, you get into your trade packages, but I think For it's sure. the most fascinating piece of this. Uh, I think, I mean, I said last night, I think Philly, Miami, and Boston need to be going after Drew Holiday heavy. I think if yep. you get him, like I think right now the Bucks are the favorite in the East. Yeah. And I think if you get Drew Holiday, if you're one of those three teams, or even like the Raptors, even you mentioned the Knicks last night, um, that puts you right neck and neck with them, especially if you're those three teams of Miami, of Boston, and the Sixers. Mm-hmm. And uh, specifically to the Sixers, you know, <laughs> offer James Harden for Drew Holiday, whether the Blazers would take that, who knows? Maybe they take him as an asset. But, uh, I think that's a get out of jail free card. But again, that's contingent on if the Blazers even want him. They want him as an asset. I don't know what Harden's worth is exactly as an asset right now. Um, I don't. I think that'd be so pointless for them, in my personal opinion. Like if for Philly, that'd be phenomenal. That would be absolutely phenomenal. I think. I think around the league, Drew Holiday is a bigger piece than Harden, mm-hmm. or more attractive piece than Harden. So I think that you would be just trading for a lesser piece. If it's not, and I don't, obviously I'm not in NBA circles and Harden is a more attractive piece, then I think that could work great because you can get the Sixers, get more depth or get better, a better play because you get someone who's not going to shrink in the moment. You get a better defender and a guy who can distribute, but obviously not as well as Harden. And then with the Blazers, you get another piece to move around and get more pieces. So if that is the case, it's intriguing. I don't think it is. It's, it's intriguing, intriguing I don't... but I don't think it's the case. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? It all depends on really what Harden's worth is. Uh, 
you know, if that Clippers thing is real, because supposedly there was a Clippers, not offer, but something there. But who knows? Like, it's just yeah. so hard to tell what is and is not true uh, when it comes to NBA rumors and such. Um, I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting in general. We'll talk about it more in a couple weeks here. But what James Harden's going to do in general is James Harden going to, like, I don't think he's going to show up. I think he's going to basically pull a Ben Simmons. And that's just going to make a distressed asset. You know, that only mm-hmm. puts his value down. Um, can't, he seems to ruin his value anyway over the last few years, forcing his way out of Brooklyn, forcing his way now out of Philly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just can't imagine his worth is too much, even though he is still a star and was still like a top 20, 15 player just as soon as January, you know, just as soon as March, honestly. Um, just as soon as game five. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, you know, he was battling an injury and whatever, but I don't know. I'm yeah. fascinated to see how all of this, because it all kind of connects. Drew Holiday will connect to Harden in some form of fashion because it's all going to be, I would imagine he goes to an Easter Conference team, but you mentioned a Western Conference team last night that I'm very intrigued by that you will get to right now. Yes. How so- many teams do you have, by the way? 11. Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying, obviously, I have 11 teams that I think all, I think Drew Holiday on legitimately all 30 teams could benefit in some way, shape, or form because he's just that good of a player. So in all 30 teams, he could be beneficial, but you cut out half of them because half of them aren't truly competing for anything. And like a team like the Pistons, like, yes, he could help theoretically, but like you're not getting there this year. So why would you trade for him? He's a veteran piece that is definitely going to move you toward the chip. So um, do you want me to go through all 11? Do you want me to just pick a few that I think are interesting? How would you like me to go through this? Because I can breeze through them. Or I, like... have, I have a follow-up question. Yeah. And a comment. My comment would be, if Portland just kept Drew Holiday, that's not the worst either. You know, he kind of fits it's, that team. It's not terrible. They're bordering on a playoff team. I don't think it's crazy to say that. Uh, they were anyway with Dame. But, you know, having Scoot in there and the depth that they have and now getting Aiden, um, I think they're at least bordering on a playoff team. But they, my question... If they snuck into the play-in and then they were the eighth seed this year because mm-hmm. Scoot was awesome. He put up eight team, four and six, which is easily possible. Aiden in a better role now can be like the number two kind of scoring option, kind of shade and sharp. Yeah, they easily could. That's definitely an possibility. Sorry, your question. Granted, the West is loaded, but... Uh, yeah, of course, but... My question is, did you run all these trades through the trade machine? Are they all financially... Like, are they all legit trades? I did not run any of them through the trade machine. I ran everyone through my mind and was looking at all of the numbers and seeing that all the... Con- uncontractually, all of them would go through. So, yes, they're all legitimate trades. That seems like a lot of work. It, it is. <laughs> when when there's like, a trade machine. I, like I don't. It. I, like it. I don't know. I, I've always liked the old fashioned. I just because I like to play around with salaries and seeing how things would work. And like there's a little portions of it, like maybe it needs to throw in someone like a Garrett Temple at the end just to make sure everything kind of works there. But like everything contractually, I've lined up so it would work. All right. So do you want me to just go through all of them? And Let's then you guys stop go, with the trades. You think go in reverse order, if if possible, if you've got like a least likely to most likely or least likely or least to most likely. To most okay, least likely to I'll go least likely to most likely, but all of them are intriguing to me. Okay. The Thunder. I have 
Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, Kendrick Kendrick Williams for Drew Holiday and Chris Murray. Okay. Yeah, Thunder are not giving up Giddy. I can't picture that one. See, they I can't picture the Thunder giving up Giddy either. But like see Giddy's interesting. That that was the piece that I kind of played around with because it was either Giddy or getting rid of um there was somebody else that I was thinking about as well on that team. But Giddy was the interesting piece that I thought if Portland could try to make a trade around Josh Giddy, that would be a very big asset for them. But I, di- I wasn't 100% sure on that one. That one I thought was interesting, and they might need to add something in. Chris Murray is rookie this year, if you don't know. He's Keegan Murray's brother. Game kind of resembles Keegan Murray, so I thought that that would be an interesting piece sliding in there. Okay, so that's one. See, speaking of the Kings, which would be Kevin Herter, Keegan Murray, Trey Lyles for Drew Holiday and Chris Murray. And Portland adding a 2025 second. I like that trade. So I think with the Kings, you get a veteran. You get a guy to go along, De'Aaron Fox. Obviously, as the Blazers, you get a guy who's a lethal shooter in Keegan Murray. Uh, Kevin Horter, uh, Herter, Horter, uh, always pronounce his name wrong. But he can also shoot as well, for sure. So that's someone off the bench that you can get that can shoot. And then Trey Lyles is just a... Solid big. And then, obviously, um, the Kings would be getting back his brother, so you'd still be getting a guy who can stretch the floor, obviously not to the same level because, I mean, he was the 23rd pick in the draft. I think Keegan was a lottery pick. So that would be another one. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think that would be a cool trade. Next, probably the Mavs would be the less. I mean, the Mavs in there. Uh, it's Tim Hardaway Jr., Derek Likely, who is – Rookie drafted this year. Um, Willie Cauley-Stein, Jackson Hayes with a little bit more IQ is kind of what his comp was. So, I think Cauley-Stein's overseas uh, guy, now. Is he overseas right I now? I want to say he is, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I know they drafted him this year, so I guess it would be his rights to him and then coming over. And then a no, no, 2027. I mean, I mean Cauley-Stein, Willie Cauley-Stein. Oh. He's overseas. Oh. Oh, yeah. I was, oh, sorry. I was just saying Derek Lively's a comp. Like, his comp is that. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, and gotcha, then, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, so Eric Lively's kind of like his comps, like Willie Cauley-Stein, Jackson Hayes, kind of type of big who can rim run, protect the rim. And then a 2027 first. I don't think Dallas I don't has think, the assets compared see, to a lot Dallas of these teams. Was, wait, what was that? I said I don't think Dallas has the assets compared to like the Thunder yeah. or, or, the, or even the, uh, the Kings. Mm-hmm. So See, I don't think, I don't think that they – I think they're third on my least to most likely because I think they're more so to go after it. I don't think the Thunder would. I don't think the Kings would. I put them there because I think they're more likely to go after it, but they're on the lowest part of the totem pole because I don't think they have enough. Mm. Next. I'm going to – this one's a question mark, but I'm going to put the Sixers because it really is just a James Harden package because they're not doing Tyrese Maxey. And so it's like – could it happen? Maybe. Could it not happen? Maybe. I don't really know. It's just how you value James Harden. Obviously, as a Sixers, as if I'm a Sixers fan, I'm in the Sixers organization, I'm doing it. If I'm in the Blazers organization, I wouldn't. But, again, we don't know how how things will be. So, then, as a Celtics fan, you, that's next, I would say, 
I think they're going to want Derek White, but maybe Malcolm Brogdon and Rob Williams would be your deal, would be your package. I think the Celtics would absolutely, it would obviously be Brogdon because they tried to move him. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Portland might want Derek White. If they were content with Brogdon and Picks and Rob Williams, I'd be more than okay with that. Even though, yeah. Even though Porzingis and Rob Williams are like equal injury luck kind of guys, you know, they like, mm. they each got the same risk of being injured. Um, I don't know. It would take a Drew Holiday. I mean, I don't want to spill the beans or anything, but it would take a Drew Holiday trade for me to be anywhere near taking the Celtics team seriously as a contender. I mean, they're a contender, don't get me wrong, and they got maybe even a better roster all around than the Bucks, But mm-hmm. I just don't know how they're going to function. Like, I want to know who's going to take over that leadership role now that Marcus Smart's gone. It should be Tatum yep. and Brown, but we just haven't really seen it yet as far as yes. the Celtics fan. But they are getting to that point in their career where they really do need to step up and, you know, take control of the team. So we'll see. Hundred percent. I think if we got Holiday. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. So. Yeah, because that's the veteran. That's the veteran you need. That's the leader that you need. Uh, he's more of a silent leader rather than a vocal, like you see it on the court kind of leader. But he's still a leader. But yeah, um, keeping Derek White would be the ideal thing. But I think it might have to be Derek White and Rob Williams. Either way, their contracts would line up regardless of who it was. And then you'd have to throw in uh, probably a 2027, 2028 first. So. I throw a couple picks in there to move it, but that's basically the basis of it. The Heat is next that I have, and I think they have two ways to do this. Um, I think you could go the Tyler Hero and Jacquez Jr. route, or I think you could try to go the Kyle Lowry Jovich route. Depend. I don't think. I don't think Miami's giving up Jovic and Hero for Holiday. I think that's too much of an asset or too much asset. Because obviously Hero, I think with Lowry, you get an expiring contract after this year. And then you get Jovic, you get a really young piece who will be able to fit in with your young nucleus and kind of go along that timeline. Or you get a young piece in Tyler Hero who can be a six man on that team that's already going to have a lot of shooters and a lot of wings. And then you get uh, you get Jacquez Jr., who is another guy who was actually showing out um, in summer league this year. Obviously, it's summer league, but still, that's the first time we've really seen him play on like a NBA ish stage, and he played well. So I like the that hero, would be the I like the hero package more, only because mm-hmm. we've seen the Heat without Hero. You know, they made it to the finals yeah. without him. Uh, they can kind of plug and play when it comes to shooters a little bit, and uh, yeah, yeah, if you can get Holiday. You kind of want to keep Jovic. Like, Jovic, if it's Dame, yeah, you throw Jovic in there. But in general, there's not too many guys. Like, if there's a way for you to get Holiday at a lesser price, you do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I agree. I would trade. I would do the Hero one first. But I think – but I wouldn't say Hero and Jovic. I would – because if I'm Portland, I absolutely do that. Sure. But – so that would be the next – I – the re- I don't have like a full trade package for the Raptors because they came out the other day and said OG's not being moved. And I don't think they're moving Scotty Barnes either, but the package would be uh, Chris Boucher and OG for that would be the package. So it'd be, but so that would be that package. And now we get into the four that I like the most. So the Clippers. It'd be Norman Powell, either Terrence Mann or Robert Covington, 
Kenyon Martin Jr. in like a 2026 20, second. I love I that. Say, so Ken- yeah, I think I think Kenyon Martin Jr. definitely for Houston. He I think he averaged like 12, 6, and 3-ish last year. He's been he's shown obviously he's on a team that kind of didn't have like stars or roles really. They kind of just went out there and played. But he showed that he's had talent and he definitely he definitely can play. Norman Powell, veteran, played um six men of the year last year, was it? Did he win six men last year? I believe so, yeah. Or I was gonna say I think I was gonna say I believe he won six man, and then obviously either Tarrant, you get Robert Covington, who is a nice veteran piece that you have on always have on young rosters like that, or Terrence Mann, who is younger but still been in the league for a little bit of time. Yeah, I, the Clippers are definitely high on Terrence Mann, like reasonably so. He's a versatile defender. He plays hard. Like I love Terrence yeah. Mann's game. Um, so if you like Holiday's one of the only people I would move Terrence Mann for. You know what I mean? If you could have yeah. a foursome, I mean, say what you want about Westbrook, but if you could have a foursome of Westbrook, Holiday, Kawhi, and Paul George, you know at least Westbrook and Holiday are going to play. You know, Paul mm-hmm. George and Kawhi. If you how many games they're always going to play. So if you can have that as like a just kind of a backup option, always have those two on the floor. That's great if you're the Clippers. Yeah. And that's a lot better than the James Harden trade that allegedly they might have been interested in or not. I but, agree. Yeah, I love that for the Clippers. I agree. I would, obviously if I'm a Clippers, if I'm the Clippers organization, I'm pushing Robert Covington first. But if I have to, I would give up Terrence Mann. So I kind of put them and their contra uh Covington's like 12 mil a year and man's like 10 and a half. So they're about the same. Um, I should have put the Lakers trade first because I like the Clippers one actually better, but I was just reading now down. Um, so the Lakers, it really would just be D'Angelo, Ro- Ro- D'Angelo Russell, Roy Hachimura in like a 2028 first. Like that's their package, which isn't a bad package by any means. So I was going to say, but that, that is their deal. And if they could get, I think they might benefit almost more than anybody on this list about getting, because if you can get Drew Holiday, LeBron, and AD with Austin Reeves, then yeah, they would. that would be a very, very good duo, or trio plus with Austin Reeves, if you want to call it a big four. Yeah, I mean, they, and then, they signed D'Angelo basically, like he's got a very tradable contract. Yes. So they'll either keep him and use him as a six-man like last year, or he's going to be moved for some piece whether that's eventually Kyrie mm. whether it's Drew Holiday whether it's whoever I think Lakers are definitely on the phone right now trying to get that done and then the last two I have would be the Knicks so the Knicks have two packages as well the Knicks have RJ Barrett Emmanuel Quickly Harvenstein in like a 2028 20, second and then you would probably give Drew Holiday and Keegan Murray in that, and then maybe a pick from from Portland as well. Keegan Murray or, or the other Murray, you mean? Sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, Chris Murray. Where were Chris Murray? My bad. And then if not, you would go with the Julius Randle, Josh Hart in like a 2027 first. A lot of potential, like I would former try. Blazers. I would do the Randle one. A lot of potential former Blazers coming back to Portland. Yeah, I can't imagine. I would try to Knicks- do the Randle one first. Yeah, I can't imagine. The Knicks love Josh Howard. I can't imagine them giving him up. And I have a hard time really seeing them giving RJ up. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, I I like it, but it's like, obviously the organizations have who they're true to, who they really like, like what they're going to move. But these are just trades that kind of like I think would work both for, like, good for both. 
I mean, probably what they would try to maybe do is instead of um, Josh Hart, they would try to go with Evan Fournier to try to keep Josh Hart and then work. You got to kind of work around that. But that, I think, would have to be the base. If they could get Evan Fournier and Julius Randle because Portland's fine with that, then more power to him. And then the last one would be Chris Paul Warriors. would be Chris Paul, Jonathan Kaminga, and a 2026 first, probably top five protected. You get an expiring contract in Chris Paul. You get a young piece who's shown to play well in Jonathan Kaminga, who can play three, who can play a four. Obviously, you get a first, which would be in either 26 or 27 first, which would be in three years. So basically, you would think Curry's done or like on the back back half. Clay's probably not with the team. Draymond's probably retired. Steve Kerr might honestly be gone. What? In three years? In three years, I could see Draymond retired. Yeah. Didn't he sign a big extension, though? Like a four-year extension? I I was say Draymond, I could see – I honestly could see him retired in, like, three years. I don't know if he will be because maybe he will stay around because that would be his 14th, 15th, going into his 15th season. So, I mean, I could see – Depending on how his obviously uh, his uh, podcast is going, how like the team's looking, how things are going, he might be around. But like I think uh, the Warriors will be on their last leg at that point. I don't think they're not going to be the Warriors we know today in three years. Yeah, depending how so, they tackle everything. Um, yeah, unless I mean because they're geniuses over there, so maybe they get another star to go over. So like Curry can dwindle into the second best player on a championship team, like truly and not being like a one a, well, a lot of these teams like Miami, like New York, like gold state, they were going to be in on the Giannis sweepstakes. That was, yes, you know, likely going to be next summer. And that's probably mm-hmm. out of the window now. Um, Unless this crashes and burns. Right. Like they'd have to, they'd have to like get bounced in like the second. Right. Like it would have to be, bad like really bad you know like lose to a lesser opponent in the second round too you know uh like lose to the cleveland cavaliers in the second round sure sure in like five or six sure and speak speaking of that like donovan mitchell is definitely gonna be on the move so i mean it's it's all gonna tie together somehow Uh, i definitely think the celtics and the warriors are gonna be two of the more active teams when it comes to the drew holiday sweepstakes um it'll be interesting Mm -hmm. to see if he makes it out of training camp with the Blazers, like how how quickly this will move, you know. But it all depends too on who, what they're getting because a lot of tradable pieces can't be traded until like December December nineteenth or something like, like December fifteenth, week fifteenth. So like whatever. So it really depends on like what trade they get because they might have to like have them on roster until the deadline, which it wouldn't be a bad thing at all. It's not like you're gonna stunt anything. Like it's not a terrible thing at all, but it might be more of a deadline um, close to all-star break move rather than like a right now move all depending. It's interesting to me how like everybody going into the summer was like worried about the Chris Paul piece when it came to Phoenix. And now you're telling me he might be the most interesting asset like with Kaminga for Drew Holiday. Like, the contract you think- is true. Cause it is expiring. That's that's, that's why you would trade trade for Chris Paul. I think well, two reasons, honestly. I think having Chris Paul in the locker room, for a clearly Hall of Fame point guard, probably probably top 10, I mean, don't want to argue, top 10 point guard of all time, to be there with Scoot saying, hey, 
this is how you do things, Te- like kind of teaching him the way for a season, being behind him. Yeah, I think that could work out well for Scoo. And then you get off of that contract. Next summer is not going to be the greatest of uh, free agent markets unless people, I, I don't believe so. 2025 looks like Mitchell it's going to have people like Mitchell should be a free agent, that? right? Donovan Mitchell. Who won't Donovan Mitchell be a free agent? I don't, I didn't see him in the 2025, honestly. Um, when I'm, I'm because I'm looking at it right now, I'm seeing uh, Pascal Siakam, Buddy Heald, 24 free agent class. Sorry, 20, I was gonna say the 24 class is Siakam, Buddy Heald, Clay Thompson. Uh, Gordon Hayward, people like that, hmm. and then the twenty five, less, and then other rookie contracts. Then twenty five, by the looks of it, Jamal Murray, who's going to be back, Brandon Ingram, Paul George, Derek White, OG Lonzo, people like that. So Franz Wagner, um, so people like that are going to be available. But I, obviously, it's the NBA. So, like, trades are always accessible. Mm-hmm. So, I think if you were to get Chris Paul in really clear space, even, and not that you this might not happen, but even, say, the Sixers do bad, you might have room for a Joel Embiid trade. You can package Aiton. You could package maybe a, a couple pieces, and then you have room to already give him a max deal, and then you got Scoot, and you've got um, Joel Embiid. So things like that when you open up, and I think that's where Chris Paul becomes a really interesting piece because of the contract, not because of the player. Mm. But I think the player could help uh, the development of their young guys. Absolutely. I like it. But those are all my uh, trade packages. Probably none of them are going to get done, but that was... One of those is going to get done. One of those is going to get done. It's going to be one of... I hope. I would think it's going to be one of the... Sixers, Clippers, uh, Celtics, Warriors, and then whoever else, whether it's the Knicks, like for sure one of those yeah. four teams, though. And the Heat. The Heat absolutely got a shot yeah. at it. So he's going to go to a good team, a contending team, and it's going to be madness once again in the NBA. Yep. But it does feel like we at Alrighty. least got a reset right now. We got Tim Yon and talk about the NBA over here. No, I'm sorry. Just Tim. listening. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm Tim. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I put a few hours into trying to put these <laughs> trade packages together because I have nothing better to do with my life. I so. will say, like, I was I was thinking about it again last night because you said you said on the pod last night, like Kobe and Shaq, Damon Giannis, and I once again cannot get all the way there. Just because no, of the superstardom that Shaq was and that Kobe was like Kobe going into that 2000 season. Might not have been a top 10 player yet, but he was like one of the most popular players in the league. And w- that's where Giannis, like Giannis is a star and he's a superstar, obviously. But the level of stardom that Shaq and Kobe oh. were. Damon oh, I just Giannis, been on the court. I, I feel you. Off the court. I feel you. But that's that's why court. I said I couldn't compare because it'd really only be like, that, that's why I was saying KD and Westbrook and maybe LeBron and Wade, it, you know. Definitely, yeah, and Curry and Katie and Curry would probably be your closest thing. I, I mean, obviously, not player style wise, but like the second and third, or like the first and second, like best player modern day today. Your closest, honestly, would probably be Giannis and Curry for modern day because of how the game is played today. You would have a obviously two mega superstars that are both top three in the league and would it would tear the league up like what damon 
we think that Dame and Giannis could lose. They're the favorites, but they could lose. I would be very shocked if they filled out the roster how they should easily if Steph and Giannis lost. I would be shocked. I mean, personally. I mean, look, I mean, again, we're going to get into the NFL, but it's not like the drop-off from Curry to Dame is not crazy. You know, I mean, stylistically, they're, all, they're almost the exact same player. It's not crazy, Curry, but there's a difference. There is, but I mean, we're going to. It's s- like Mike to Kobe. Yeah, it's like but Mike I mean, even, th- even then, like, a, you're going to take it. But there's a difference. There but, is. You know, no, I'm not, say- you're, I'm not saying but, it's a bad thing. If you can get 95% of the greatest at something, then you're doing really well. No, yeah, absolutely. Because Kobe was about 9 Absolutely. So I'm not but trying you're, to make when it you're telling like me, bad. No, 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 but I'm saying but, when you're telling me it's shot more shocking if they lost with Curry than Dame. I think they bring a lot of the same things to the table. Like it's going to be, they do. it's going to be the wide open shots. We've never seen It'd be more shocking. If you lost, if Mike lost and Kobe. Sure. Sure. I so get like what you're saying. No, that... I get what you're saying, but I don't think, I mean, we're talking hypotheticals here, but I don't think it's like, it's crazy, crazy. I think either way, Dame or Curry, whoever you put there, they're going to open up the game for Giannis in ways he's never seen. And likewise, on the reverse, Giannis would open up open shots for Curry and Dame and Will for Dame that he's never yeah. seen. Uh, and again, Middleton. Yeah, no. Middleton is going to get so many open – like he's going to be the Ray Allen of the situation. That's the comparison I made was this is very much – reminds me of Giannis being KG, Dame being Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got two closers and you got someone who's just going to be like – attacking the rim even more than usual he's gonna get even more one-on-one looks at the rim which is stupid like what he might shoot 65 percent this year Giannis. it's gonna be ridiculous like what again it's kind of what you felt i mean in a different way but when they're like hey kevin durant come play with steph and clay you're like white clay is gonna be the third guy who's getting open looks what's going on except that team was 73 and nine that's only different well i know well, no, I'm no. Obviously, it's a difference, but it's just like the thought that like Clay's gonna be the guy that's getting open looks. It's like, oh wow, okay. But all right, that was good. Hey Tim, how's it going? <laughs> it's going. <laughs> it's good to see you, Tim. You um, you named so many basketball players that I don't know. Not gonna lie. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. You're here to enjoy the basketball, to soak in mm-hmm. the Warner Brothers podcast knowledge, obviously. And then now you're here to give your knowledge on these football picks. So it's week four. Game starting about less than an hour. We got Detroit and Green Bay. Um, Kyle, I think you're going to be probably pulling up the lines like normal while you're doing such a thing. Last week, I went 11-5. and five. Kyle went 10 and six. I think that's so been I the same th- the first like three weeks. I think we've all been one game off, right? We've been one game apart and, I think and you've I've won been on all the, of them. Like yes. The one up. And so I'm 30 and 18 and you're 27 and 21. Last week, really what kind of set us apart was the Bengals game. You had the Rams. I had the Bengals. Obviously we had some Rams other. Won that but, shit. It came down to Bengals Rams for the record of who won the week. And Joe Shiesty did show Shiesty things of just being I don't think he really did. pedestrian. I really don't think he did. <laughs> I was just saying being really pedestrian. He played a solid quarterback game. I gotta say, I gotta say, Tim's the first uh, first guest we've had to do picks. So shouts to you two. First first three way pick on we've done here. Let's go. Hope to start out undefeated. 
you can only right. <laughs> you can't you can't put me on for like the season record since it's only one week. But I mean, if you go undefeated three weeks, you'll probably be in the run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, Kyle, start us off. Sure, we got Detroit going to Green Bay tonight. Obviously, like Keenan said, less than an hour here. Green Bay is the underdog at plus two. Who you guys got? Ooh. I want to hear who you guys got first. Tim, Timmy, go first. We, we've I've talked enough. Timmy, you go first. This one was actually difficult. Um, being in Green Bay, I really wanted to take the Packers here. Um, but I'm taking the Lions. Um, I think it'll be a close one, and I think uh, the Packers will be in it right until the end, uh, trying to make it work but I, I got the the lions 24 and i got the packers 19 so i don't have them covering all right 24 to 19 kyle did you want me to go next or are you at it i can go so the packers just as of a few hours ago put bakhtiari on the injured reserve but mm-hmm. they are getting yeah. aaron jones back they are getting christian watson back and it is at home that's enough for me to swing it I agree with Tim. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be close. I actually got the Packers 24-23 over the Lions. Um, me. So I've got Detroit going in there, and I got Detroit pulling out the win. I've got Detroit winning this game 24-21. to I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think these Thursday night games are either low scoring or they're just a mismatch. Um, or a shootout. You might randomly get a rest. shootout too on these. Or yeah, you might randomly get like. Typically, it's lower scoring. You might just get like last week was just a mismatch, and then you get your random just barn burner, and you're like, oh my goodness. Chiefs okay. Rams from like 2019 or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you get you get barn burners like that, and so I. But I got Detroit 24 21. Speaking of Chiefs Rams 2019. Uh, Jared Goff did come out, I think, on top of that game, mm-hmm. actually. Sure did. I think the Rams won that game. Yep. 24 seems 54, to be the matter. 51, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was defensive touchdowns, offensive touchdowns, every touchdown. If you played somebody second. in fantasy, you were happy. It did not matter what position you played. <laughs> and, and you, any position. You played the Rams defense. Yeah. Chiefs, I think both defense <laughs> they, had a touchdown, too. So they let everything. up 38 points, and you were happy. You were fine. You were like, okay, you know what? They at least got me eight. <laughs> we're going to go with that. All right, Kyle, next game. So we got a London game this week. It's kind of a quasi uh, home game for the Jags because they often go over there due to their uh, owner and his relationship because he owns – who does he own? Does he own fucking Liverpool? I don't know. I don't think it's Liverpool, but he owns one of the Premier League teams. Um, Yeah. The Jags are – this is the most – one of the most confusing games of the week for me. I actually don't even have a pick as of right now. But the Jags are favored by three. Against the Atlanta Falcons, technically the Jags are the home team in this situation. I don't even know why they put an at. But Jags favored by three. I want to hear both your thoughts on this game. Uh, it's interesting to me, to say the least. Timmy, you got it. I think we see this a lot with the uh, with the London and the UK games and all those overseas games. Um, they tend to be not super entertaining a lot of the times a lot of times they're really low scoring um and of course it's the jags falcons so like it could be a literally three to six game and it would not surprise me here um three to six i 
it's tough because I get it. They do put the Jags as the home team and they've really been like marketing the Jags over there. So there will be a lot of Jags fans, but I like the Falcons. I, I just think that they're going to be able to control the game running wise. Um, and Trevor Lawrence just hasn't looked like that MVP dark horse that a lot of people thought he was. Um, mm-hmm. So if they control the game, if their defense plays okay, um, I think they can win. And I think it'll be a really low scoring game. Um, but I have it at 17, 10 Falcons, but I think it could be way low, lower than that, like 13 to seven or something like that. But some might say Trevor Lawrence has looked a little Trevor Dodgers. Keenan, what do you think? What do you got for this? I was just going to think Bill Lawrence, but we can go with Bill Prue, too, if you want. (laughs) Nobody's going to (laughs) understand. All right. So I I wrote down the score 25-22. I wrote down Atlanta, uh, erased it. Then I put down Jags and then erased it. So as I'm speaking, I think right now – that the Jags obviously are coming off of a terrible loss. They just lost it by 20 to the Texans. Atlanta is coming off a 20 to six loss to Detroit. I think this is one of those games where I'm going to chalk it up to this. If they are who they say they are and how they should be, Jacksonville has to win this game. I got them 25 to 22. I am not confident in that in the slightest. I kind of hope Atlanta wins. That's exactly where I'm at. Neither one of you really swayed me either way on my pick because I haven't made a pick. Uh, look, normally my rule would be with Atlanta, Ritter versus a good quarterback. I'm going to pick the quarterback who could throw. Uh, as you guys said, Jacksonville has looked like shit these last couple weeks. Uh, tidbit, I don't know if you guys know this about their schedule. Obviously, as we mentioned, it's a London game this week. They stay in London. I've never seen this. Back-to-back London weeks. All right, And they got the Bills coming to them. Uh, don't like Jacksonville's chances in that game. I don't even care if the Bills are the traveling team. I like them on a neutral field. I'll take the Bills all day. The tidbit. They should win that game, though. They are going to be there in London, accustomed should. to the time. I'm not saying they will, but I'm just should. saying they should. They have the fate. That, that's the true home field advantage. Should. Yeah. Keyword is should. They should have also beaten the Texans last week, but they got dog walk. But then this is the best part. This is my favorite tidbit I've heard. They gave the Jags the option to take the bye week after the two London games. They denied it. They said, no, let's uh, go back and play. They got a divisional game, the Colts, as soon as they get back into the States. Uh, I think that's a home game. Whatever. It doesn't even matter. And then they got a Thursday night game off of that. And then they get their little, they get a mini bye. They get a 10-day bye. And then I believe they got the Niners coming off that. Uh, actually, let me look. Sorry, no, they got the Saints coming off that. The Steelers, Steelers would be the, okay, Saints would be the Thursday night game off the Colts game. Then they got the Steelers off 10 days rest, which isn't an easy game. Then they'll finally have their bye week, and they got the Niners and a tough stretch in general coming off that. So off of that, all I'm trying to say is they need this game, because if not, they could, I could see them absolutely losing every single one of those games the way it looks right now. Um, I'm even leaning towards Jags not making the playoffs, just given that stretch. They absolutely need this game because I'm just spoiler alert. I'm picking the Bills next week. So, <laughs> and even saying that they need it, I don't know if I still want to pick them, but I am gonna go with my rule of Ritter versus a quarterback who is able-bodied and can throw. 
I'll take the Jags. You could tell me any score. You guys went a little lower. I'm going to go 31-25 Jags and not confident I about it at yours. all. I hope it's yours. We shall see. I, I hope it's not Timmy's. Like I really hope it's like, I like Atlanta to win, but God, I hope it's not Timmy. That was a boring game. It's going to be boring. Just buckle I mean, up. Jack- it's going to be boring. The, the Falcons should be able to run the ball on them. And exactly. look, if the Falcons get up, if the Falcons can get up by like eight, just strictly one. off to buy one. If they get up by like a touchdown plus, I mean, what have we seen? I, I know it's early and I know these London games are just kind of different, much like Thursday night games. You can kind of just take them as a separate entity, but these Jags haven't shown anything outside of maybe week one when they won 31 17, but even that they was an ugly game. They then. didn't look great. They, they didn't look great the last two weeks. Good fourth quarter. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, sorry, Brandon Petty. If you're watching this. Shouts to you, but I mean, he, I mean, he's already off the Jags. He's like, fuck the Jags, fuck the season. <laughs> but yeah, no, if they lose this game, I'm like almost all the way on board with them missing the playoffs. They need this game. Okay. This I is, totally they have agree. A actually. Schedule. You just saying that schedule coming up, I don't see more than like four wins from here all the way to like week nine. So like it's going to be really tough if they don't win this one and next week. That Saints Steelers, like I don't Steelers or whatever. They're a 50, 50 team, but I mean, I think Mm -hmm. they'll be playing better by then. The Saints at least have a, a tough defense. You know, that's someone that's a team who could certainly give the Jags problems. Uh, So they need this win more than any. And, you know, Say what you want about Ritter. Every part of this team outside of Ritter is, you know, not elite, but it's it's right there. It's going to be a tough game for him. Absolutely. So we can move. Um, Kyle, real quick, mm. real quick aside, just because you had mentioned something. If the Jags, if you Jags miss the playoffs, which means they don't win the division, who would you have as of just right now? Obviously, it's not definitive. Just curious. Between the Colts, Texans, and Titans? Yep. I think I said before the season I would have the Titans in the running. The Texans look really good right now, though. Uh, Stroud, especially. They got the defense. Um, I think. I think. I think the Texans <laughs> would be the. I think the Texans would be the most fun pick. Uh, the Colts. Colts. I'm still. They look okay, but I'm still like it's early season. Uh, that franchise in general has just kind of been a mess. So who knows? We still yeah. got the Jonathan Taylor situation, but Richardson's looked okay. Um, mm-hmm. But gun to my head, I would probably pick the Texans over the Colts. Then it's just whatever you're getting out of Tannehill at quarterback. Uh, they obviously got the coaching advantage and really an advantage everywhere else. Like the defense is playing decent. Yep. You know, Derrick Henry is going to be Derrick Henry. He might have a bad game here, but he's liable to go off for 150. You just never know, you know. So yeah. if you can manage Tannehill or even get a good viable backup, I know they got two young backups, but who knows where you're getting out of them. Uh there's really question marks everywhere, but I guess the Texans right now, going into week four, I guess the Texans would be okay. the one I would pick. What about y'all? Yep. I probably would have the same thing. I don't – I to be honest with you, right now, it's not really saying much, but C.J. Stroud's probably the second-best quarterback in the division. So you Seems take that, that out. Like Anthony – Anthony Richardson, I think, has the, obviously the best legs, but I think CJ is the most developed out of the two rookies. And then Ryan Tannehill is just a shell of what he was. So at this point, he's just not. Could argue Trevor goal. Lawrence is a shell of what he was too, but a little. <laughs> he's been playing like it a little bit. But, yeah, so 
that would be that would be what I would say. It would probably be the Texans as well. As a, I like their defense, as I've always said. And then offensively, Tank Dell has looked good. Nico Collins has looked pretty solid. Dalton Schultz was a good pickup. Damian Pierce hasn't even really gotten going this year. Like, and still, C.J. Stroud's just been throwing it all over the lot. Like, they've got the 98-99 Vikings. I think I'd say the same thing. I think I'd lean the Texans right now, but for whatever reason, if they played in the playoffs, Texans Titans, I'd take the Titans just because of that coaching advantage. They'd figure it out. They would scheme it up. They would figure out that one game. But the way the Texans are playing right now, I think they're up. I would take them over the Titans both weeks this year, and I know Derek's probably going to run for two hundred on them both times. So (laughs) as I say, that was a bookum thing, but. I did not expect to be talking about the AFC South like <laughs> this much. Shout out to the AFC South lovers. We got you in the segment. All right, next game. Next game we got is Dolphins-Bills. Uh, probably my favorite game of the 1 o'clock slate. I have the Bills. First of all, they're a three-point favorite, I believe, or two-and-a-half. Let me look again. Three-point favorite right now. It was two-and-a-half the other day. Uh, I got the Bills winning 31-25. I have them holding serve at home. Um, would not be surprised, obviously, to see Miami win this game. But uh, fun fact about the Bills, over their last 24 games, they're 20-4. and four. Uh, They are not losing, and they don't lose at home. I think they kind of, you know, the, the Dolphins are coming off as high of a high as you could possibly have with 70 points. So I think they get smacked in the mouth a little bit here in Buffalo. Um one could say, though, if Buffalo is going to win, they're going to win big rather than a close game. You favor Miami in a close game, maybe. But I think it's going to be quasi shootout that the Bills run away with. Not run away with, but take it home. Okay. Timmy, you go next. I agree with your reasoning. Uh, Bills at home are a force to be reckoned with. So I think it's pretty difficult for the Dolphins to travel. I mean, I understand they just put up 70, but I don't know if they can do it again back to back, you know, um, I really back wanted back to seven. take the dolphins <laughs> back to back. Anything over 40 is pretty impressive. So, um, I wanted to take the dolphins, but bills mafia at home, I'm going bills, um, which is something I don't think I would have said preseason. I think I would have taken the dolphins. Um, but I think it's going to be a shootout right down to the wire. I got the bills winning 33 to 31. Very, very close high scoring game here. Smash that over. I agree with that. So I actually have Miami. You said 34 31. 33 31. Sorry, say 33 31. I've actually got Miami 30 to 27. Out of the 20 and 4, Miami's one of those four teams that beat them, by the way. Um, but so I think that Miami is real, and I think that they're a very, very good team. Not that you guys don't, because obviously you think it's a very close game. Um, but I understand Buffalo is at home and they're rolling. But right now, if I think that one quarterback made a wrong decision, I'm saying it's Josh Allen before Tua, the way they've been playing, the way Mike McDaniel schemes that up. And I think it's going to come down to a quarterback making a wrong decision. And so I'm leaning with the Dolphins 30-27. to 27. One thing about the Dolphins game that the Bills lost last year, that was a weird game where the Bills lived in the red zone. They like mm-hmm. put up a ton of yards and like I even think they ran out the clock at the end. I had a weird ending too. So it was a yeah, it's kind they, of a fluky game. But they always 
they lost Fluky too. <laughs> well, they love to lose Fluky. They do. It's something they love to do. That they do. But they lost this year Fluky. It's true. <laughs> That's very true. It it's very true. But yeah. I think this They'll... being in Buffalo, even if it's probably going to be nice weather, which you know serves the Dolphins well, I think the Bills win at home, and then you know whenever they do play Miami in Miami, which is probably, if I had to guess, probably sometime after Week Ten, uh, I think Miami takes that one just not even knowing anything right now. But I think they'll Week split. 18. Oh, it's the last game of the year? Damn. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. That could be that game could be meaningless. Who knows? Oh my goodness. Oh goodness. So the Bills end this year. Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. No fucking, I did not know that. That's their last six. That's like the toughest stretch of anybody. That's insane. That is Super Bowl finalist, Super Bowl champion, um, divisional round, uh, um, wild card weekend, barely missed the playoffs, and then wild card weekend. That's all playoff teams except for the Patriots, who literally lost in the last week of the season. That's a those are all tough games. Damn tough set. Good. Well, uh, TV cliche here. We'll know a lot about the Bills after that stretch for sure. <laughs> we'll know what the Bills are after once they get to the playoffs. <laughs> we'll write what they are when they get to week 19 in the playoffs. All right, next we got the oh, Steelers man. and the Texans. Texans are a home underdog, three points. The Steelers are favored by. Uh, hold up, where the fuck am I? Okay, I got that right. Texans are a three-point underdog at home. This is another one I had blank. I didn't really know where to go with it. But for the story, I'm going to pick the Texans. Rookie quarterback starting off hot against the Steelers. I think that makes the better story. So I'm going with them. I'm going to say 24 to 21, Houston. H-Town. Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. Even though I like the Texans and I think they're hot, I think this is going to be the most boring game um, of the week. Um, so I'm picking the Steelers, which I do not like to do. Uh, I got them 16 to nine. I think Tomlin's going to make it difficult for Stroud. I think it's going to be really boring. Lots of field goals. I remember I picked a okay. game a couple years ago. I think it was season before last game. I picked a game that was like seven to five or like it was two. <laughs> it was did. two meaningless you threw in teams. The safety. Yeah, it was two meaningless <laughs> teams no, at the end of the season. It was one of the weirdest scores. It was like I remember Camden commented on the post. <laughs> like, yeah, what is this? It was oh, like, yeah, man. whatever with these two. Um, yeah, Keen, what's your pick? So I've also got Houston. I've got Houston twenty-three to twenty. Really, there's one key to this game and one key only, and it is T.J. Watt. If they can make T.J. Watt really good then they have a chance to win if tj watts a menace they probably lose so it really depends like tj's probably walking out with like a sack plus i just hope that it's not two with like 10 pressures in a fourth fumble so really whatever they do two people five people like <laughs> just figure out how to block that guy because that guy could ruin the entire game um but i do have it 24 or 23 to 20 we're all in the same ballpark with a lot of these games. Like we're all in the yeah. living in the same area. Uh, yes. Next, we got the Rams going to Indy. Indy's favored by a point and a half. I've got same score Keenan just had for a separate game. I got twenty three to twenty Indy. 
over the Rams. I probably like the Rams a little better as a team than the Colts. I think the Colts have proven, though, they can play a physical game, uh, whether that's with Anthony Richardson at QB or with Minshew. And I think that's a bad stylistic matchup for the Rams. As we saw last week, uh, the Bengals got yep. physical with them, stole that game. Um, you know, especially at, you know, they gave the offensive line a lot of trouble. Uh, if the Colts can do that at all, I think they come away with a win. So I got 23-20 home team. All right, Timmy, you? Um, I still think the Colts are a bit of a sham. Um, this kind of happens every year where they're like poised to be really good. And then they beat one of the good teams last year. They beat the chiefs like week two. And then they were like, yeah, yep. They're at, and then I think one week later they beat the Broncos like 12 to nine on Thursday night football. Um, I think the, the Rams come in and they control this game. Um, kind of use this as like a bounce back game from last week. Cause they were definitely in that game too. Um, I've got Rams 26, Colts 16. I do. I agree. I think the Rams want it. It's going to be a nice, it's going to be a nice game. Cause I believe this is the last game before Cooper cup. I think Cooper comes cup comes back next week. They're definitely going to emphasize this one to get to two and two. If they can get to two and two, they have a real shot to maybe make the playoffs as a wild card or because I think that the 49ers are going to run away with the division. Um, but I think it's going to be closer. I've got this game being 25 to 23. I think it'll be a very tough game. Steichen's got them playing well. All right. We got the Vikings going to Carolina. The Vikings are a four point favorite. Uh, Bryce Young might start this game. You could argue. I believe he is. You could argue that they look better with Dalton. Um, I don't really like much about the Panthers. I got the Vikings getting their first win, 27-20. And I'm going to downgrade that 20 right now, actually. I thought Dalton was starting, but it sounds like it is officially Bryce Young. So I'm going to knock that down to 27-17, Soda. Oh, Tim, always you. Same next. boat. I think Minnesota's the better team here. Um, definitely not defensively. I would take Carolina's defense in a heartbeat. Um, but offensively, I think they're much better. Um, mm. And if Bryce Young plays, I don't know if they can win many games. Um, Andy, I totally agree. Andy Dalton looked serviceable last week. Um, so, um, but I do think the Panthers' defense actually gives some problems to Kirk. Kirk's always going to have a couple of these games where he just doesn't throw for 303. Um, and when he does that, they don't score a lot. They don't run super well, especially against Panthers' front. Um, so I have 17-16, but I do have the Vikings pulling out the win here. So I've got it close as well. I think changes have to come if Minnesota loses this game. Like, something has to move. I like they can't lose this game. Obviously, Kyle said Kyle, not not wrongly either, thinks that because of how the NFC North is going to be, that they might be in play for the division. If that's the case, this is not a game you can lose. And I've got Minnesota winning this game. I think it's going to be twenty six to twenty one. I do think Adam Thielen does have a decently big day against his old team, but comes up short next we got bucks at saints this is an underrated game depending how you feel depending how you think Jameis will look this coming sunday didn't look too great in a relief That's effort a against roster. the packers um so 
Saints are favored by three and a half at home. I've got the Bucks winning, though, because I did not like how Jameis looked 23-17. If this was Derek Carr, I'd probably pick the Saints. But I do like Jameis. I like all the chaos he brings. You might get a 500-yard game. You might get five pick sixes, five interceptions, whatever. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think – I don't like Dennis Allen or Jameis in this spot. Maybe another week out if Jameis is still starting, he finds his rhythm. But I think this week will be a little tough. A lot of talent on that Bucks defense and in general on that team. So I think the Bucks ugly game, but I think they come away with it 23-17. 23-17. All right, Timmy, you go. I think the only thing keeping the Saints in this game is their defense. Um, mm-hmm. Is Kamara back this week or is he next week? Yes. Okay. I think it is this week. week. Um, if he gets rolling, maybe he stays or they stay in it a little bit closer i think it might probably be a close game here but i just don't like the bucks offense like you said don't like Jameis. um probably better if they started taste some hell not gonna lie um i got bucks 17 saints 14 low scoring mm-hmm. defensive game um i you've got uh bucks 17 14 yep. I actually have the Saints winning this game. I think I don't think that the Bucks are getting above twenty. Uh, the Saints have actually held the last eleven opponents to twenty or less, which is kind of crazy. Crazy stat that they just kind of go under the radar because they have the Saints and they're not that great of an overall team because of their offense. But so I think this game is going to be twenty to seventeen. I don't see a lot of scoring. It's going to just be two defenses that are very good going at it. Every now and again, this means it's 38 to 35 because two defensive teams going against each other managed to just blow it up. So maybe it's a barn burner shootout, but I think it's going to be 20 to 17. I want to pick the Saints too. I like Jameis more than I like Baker Mayfield, but I do think, and the coaching matchup is terrible. So this is really a coin flip. I mean, and Jameis could just, after a week of practice, he really could go out there and light it up. I just, I did not like how he looked in relief but would not be surprised at all to see the Saints come away with it. But this is a terrible coaching matchup, Bulls versus Dennis Allen. This is a terrible game if it's the next one, I think. What's the next game? Uh, Commanders not the one I'm looking at for. Philly. Oh, no. Okay, not the one I'm Philly is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. No, that one's coming next. Uh, I got Philly. By the way, the Commanders should just go back to the football team. I think, I think that's the best name in their history. Uh I would, wouldn't even care if New England changed from the Patriots to a football team. Uh, love the football team name. Supposedly they're going to change after the year again, their team name. Um, so that's my early petition to get it back to football team. We'll see what it is, though. Mm-hmm. But I got 28-17 Eagles over the Commanders. I think same same logic. Eagles are definitely the better team here. Um for some reason, the commanders always seem to give the their divisional opponents fits, um, but it won't be this game. Um, I have the Eagles winning twenty-seven to nineteen. Um, the commanders will have a better game than they did last last week, um, but I just can't see them winning this one. I've got this game thirty to twenty, Philly. I think it's going to be a decently close game early. Like first quarter-ish, it stays a little close. Philly pulls away at half and then just coasts to a win. This matchup next is one of the worst matchups I've ever seen in my life. Um, You guys already know what I'm talking about. Um, 
My question for you guys is how bad are the Bears? They're three and a half point underdogs. They're three and a half point underdogs at home versus a team who just gave up 70 points. That's how bad Fields and the Bears are. Uh, I'm picking the Broncos. Let me see the score. 27-24. I do think it's an over. I do think it's a higher scoring game because the Broncos can't stop anybody. Uh, The Bears can't stop anybody either. Um, But Fields might as well be a blind man in the pocket. He can't. There's nothing he can do. If he's not running, it's just over for him as far as throwing the ball so i like russ and sean payton in this position over them i don't care if they just gave up 70 the bears are somehow the worst team out of the two so that's where i'm going i agree um fun stat the bears haven't won a game since october and oh uh, in a couple of days here it'll be october so is that true kind of sad Holy i think they had really like three wins yeah. like off the bat, and then they did really, really bad. Oh my god, I did not realize that. That's insane. That's a fun fact. That's a super fun fact. And I think it might be October that they finally get one. So it'll be a decent game. I think Fields is actually going to have a decent game. Um, but I have the Broncos 24 to 21. Yeah, so. <laughs> Um, I actually think that Fields is going to have a decent game because I think that he's just going to run like a, like a fantasy decent game. I think it's just going to be probably him over 100 running. He might not throw for more. Um, 21-16, I've got the Bears beating the Broncos. <laughs> Again, not betting the Broncos to score more than 16. I understand they did it back-to-back weeks, but after that atrocity, I am not betting. They lost by – the Bears lost by 31. The Broncos lost by 50. Bears don't have a defense or a quarterback, though. Apparently, the Broncos Bron- don't have a Broncos defense. Have, they allowed 70. Broncos at least got a quarterback. Yes. That's a- <laughs> you know what? No, bro- the Broncos are a better team than the Bears. Most of the time, I'm going to choose them. Coming off of last week, I can be dead wrong on this pick and be fine. I'm not betting them. They just allowed 70. That is a personal feeling. They just allowed 70. 21 to 16. Who do the Bears play? I mean, also, the Bears play next side, week? I could. Oh, who the Bears play? I don't know. Whoever they play. Because I really do wonder when. The... I did not realize I hadn't won since last October. So I'd be interested when their first win comes. Because this would be the uh, one. Their first. But I don't see Wait, it. Wait, what was that? I said, I'm interested to see when their first win would come. Ooh. This would be the one. But I don't. I think the Broncos, top to bottom, even with their shitty defense. It's a better team. I'll read you their games. Okay. Commanders. Maybe. Vikings. Nope. Raiders. That might be the one. Chargers. Nope. Saints. Maybe. Panthers. <laughs> it, it could very well go all the way to that Panthers game before they get anything. I could see and the Raiders. Enough, I could see the Raiders, but the Raiders, like, this is the one if it's not. I could see the Raiders just because Jimmy G like will just throw a terrible mm. ball here and there, but they definitely got more talent. They got more able-bodied humans on their team. So, fun fact though, if they do win, it will be a year because October first is Sunday. So it might be they did not win from October to October, but you know anyone what? have the exact date of when it was yep, last? October? I got it right here. You guys should remember this pretty well. You guys don't. October twenty fourth. Pats. Oh, it's the Pats. The Bears okay, yeah, beat yeah. the Pats. Yep. For sure. Wow, that was their last win. God that was damn. their last <laughs> win. 
<laughs> and that Panthers game is probably November, wouldn't it be? Because that was like four games the, down the road. The Panthers game, that one, hold on just a second. That one is November 9th, yes. Okay. All right. They oof, they got to win this one to make it out of November or to make it out of October because I don't know about the other ones. Uh, the second most intriguing game to me in this one o'clock slate, Ravens at the Browns. Browns are a two and a half point favorite. Uh, I would not have said this weeks ago, and I can't believe I'm saying it right now. I got the Browns winning 21 to 15. This defense is fucking electric. It looks very much like the Cowboys did those first few weeks where they were just flying around on defense. Except this Brown team is much more physical. They're hard hitting. Uh, it's hard to even get in the red zone. Um, normally, I would favor Harbaugh and Lamar in this game, but I don't know. I just I don't feel good picking against the Browns, given how their defense looks. Given that Deshaun showed some signs of life last week and it's at home, Cleveland can be a tough place to play. Again, I'm shocked to say this, but yeah, 21 to 15 Browns over the Ravens. Completely agree. The, the Browns are hot. It's kind of weird to say that because that hasn't happened very often. Uh, their defense is playing good. Deshaun's playing fine. Um, if they had Nick Chubb, I would be smashing the Browns to win this game. Um, I could totally see a scenario where the Ravens just go up like 16 to nothing in the first half or something like that. Um, but I think the Browns actually pull away with this a little bit more um, late score. I have them 27-16. I think it'll be a close game most of the way, though. This is the game that Lamar thrives in. Chaos. Like, I feel like Lamar's legs just thrive. And it seems like when Lamar plays, he's like one of two games he plays well. It's either when his offense is obviously flowing or when he just has to go backyard football, kind of in the sense of Miles Garrett's coming at his face, pause. Oh, and heavy pause. That was heavy pause. And hey, then. <laughs> Miles Garrett is rushing off the edge, attacking Lamar aggressively, <laughs> and then Lamar has to make plays. I've got the Ravens 23-22. I think that this game is going to be fun, interesting, and I can't wait I, for but it. I do think that the Ravens are gonna come out on top of it. I can't wait for it. If this game was in Baltimore, I'd probably pick the Ravens, but the Browns, even though they're one and one in their last two, obviously. Um I don't know. I think there's some synergy there. I, I really, I really think one. they found something off that last win with Deshaun. Like if he can just continue even seventy percent of that, the Ravens are banged up enough to where I think the Browns can take advantage of it because that defense is scary. Um, another one of the games I had blank. I really don't know what to do with this game. Uh, the Bengals at the Titans. The Bengals are favored by two and a half. Um, had Burrow looked any sort of good, I think I even said after the game we did a little mini podcast on the lab take app, by the way, download the lab take app. I said, like, regardless of what happens, I'm picking the Titans, you know, this, or sorry, I'm picking the Bengals this week. And I've kind of come off that feeling. Like I just, Burrow didn't look good. This Titans team is physical. Uh, I think it's going to be an ugly low scoring game. Like we have with a lot of these games this week. Um, I could see it being very reminiscent of the Browns and Ravens, honestly. Um, but you've got two quarterbacks who cannot move in Tannehill and an injured Burrow. Uh, you favor Burrow in that situation, but you know the Titans and Bengals almost have a little mini rivalry. It always seems to be an entertaining game anytime they play. 
So you could tell me almost any outcome with this game, and it is Titans at home. Um, so I want to hear your guys' thoughts, see if you can sway me either way on the Bengals. I know Keenan's <clears throat> probably going to go Bengals. Tim, I think you're going to go Bengals too because you did say last or Monday when we recorded that coming out of week four, the headline is going to be the Bengals are on top. So are both of you going Bengals here? You got them going to two and two? I am. I'm definitely going Bengals here. Not necessarily because of the Bengals, just because of the Titans. They just haven't looked good. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally agree. Low scoring game here. And I think um, the only thing keeping the Titans in is their defense, just because they just can't seem to move the ball. Um, I don't know if last week was just like a one-time thing, but they did not look good. So I got Bengals 16 to 10. Um, oh God. I That's could ugly. see. Yeah, no, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be low scoring. I could see like a complete bounce back though, where the Bengals just score thirty, and their defense is still decent. So I don't see it, just because Burrow just doesn't look good moving around. Yeah, his his uh, average target depth, I believe the stat is, was like three yards from this past week. So. I do have the Bengals 25 to 18. I think if there's any game, I think if there's any game for the passing game to get right, it's against one of the three worst pass defenses in the league. So, yeah. I mean, they scored 19 against a better Rams team. I think that scoring six more points, especially when they left points on the table last week, as I said, when we were talking about it with the two false starts in the first drive, which made the field goal longer, which they missed that. And then the second, the uh, false start on third down again afterwards, taking them out of field goal range. Uh, T. Higgins dropped multiple balls. Joe Berg had, I think he dropped back, uh, dropped back fifty four times through the ball forty nine times. Oh God, guys, guys, come on, what are we doing here? Um, but through the ball forty, uh, through the ball forty nine times was starting to gain a rapport with Jamar again in that second half. I think that they're going to be able to continue with that rapport, and I don't think T. Higgins is going to continue to drop balls just thrown to his chest. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a clean game. I mean, 25 doesn't mean the most clean of games for sure. I think it's going to be a definitely gritty 25, but I could see Joe Burrow 260, two touchdowns and a pick. Holy shit. Maybe you said, or maybe just two touchdowns, no picks, making just – I mean, his one pick last week came on – a very good defensive play. He put the ball where he wanted to put the ball last week in the second half for the most part. He started to look a little better and getting used to the leg. So, again, it's not going to be great. It's not going to look great, but I think the Bengals will come out on with a win 25-18. I mean, I don't – I disagree with saying Joe Burrow looked better. I mean, the stats might have looked better, but I didn't feel any sort of positivity – especially if I'm a Bengals fan with how he moved around. I mean, he seemed very limited. He looked better in the second half than the first half to me. Sure. I said, like, that's what I was saying. From the second half to the first half, he looked better than he had. That, that was what I was saying. Sure. Okay. But he's still not going to be able to throw downfield. Um, I'm going to zig while you guys are zagging for no real reason. Uh, I'm going to go Titans, we'll say 17 to 15. I do think it's going to be a battle of the field goals. Um, yeah, I'll play heel on the Bengals fan base for this one. Kim, we saw your Pornhub history when uh, the Warner Brothers podcast logo went away. Yeah, so. I'm sure on YouTube. <laughs> I'm sure on YouTube we saw that. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, Timmy, what was your score again for that? I was too distracted with the content, the hub behind me. I couldn't I didn't remember it. My bad. I got Bengals 16, Titans 10. 
1610. That's what I would have guessed, but sorry, I was distracted with the hub. Um, so now we're into the four o'clock window. Kyle, which what's what's the first game we're talking to? We got Raiders at Chargers. It'll basically be a Raiders home game, but the uh, Chargers are favored by five and a half. Let me see what I had for a score here. I got the Chargers winning 30 to 19 over the Raiders. I also team Chargers here. Um, I lost Mike Williams. Don't think it's going to really be much of a problem. I think somebody will step up. They still got Keenan Allen. They might get Austin Nickler back. Um, so I got Chargers 27, Raiders 20. I think the Raiders actually hold their own, though. Um, Whereas last week, poor coaching didn't look like they were really in that game a lot of the time. So I have the charges as well, but I actually have it in a close game. I have a 28-26. I think that this game is going to be very interesting because I do think that the Chargers can be thrown on. And with that being said, you've got maybe the best receiver in the league in Devonta Adams coming off a great game. The rapport between Jacoby and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has been looking good as well. So I think it'll be a fun game, a fun divisional game, but I do think the Chargers are just the better team. Keenan Allen's been playing like a man possessed. Quinton Johnston might get a couple of plays with Joshua Palmer too. Next game I have is actually Pat's Cowboys, but the other four o'clock game is Niners Cardinals and I think I have a hunch where we're all heading with that game uh so we'll do the Cardinals and Niners first last time I looked it was a the Niners were a 14 point favorite and they are still a 14 point favorite I have the Niners winning 30 to 14 uh, I think the Cardinals how they've looked over the last couple of weeks will be stimmied a bit with this Niners defense and this Niners team overall uh I settled on 30 with the Niners because they've scored 30 in every single game. So they're going to go four straight games of 30. They're going to, yeah, they're going to put it on the Cardinals. Don't think that's crazy to say here, 30 to 14. Also a no-brainer taking the 49ers, even though last week you could have said taking the Cowboys was a no-brainer. I don't have them scoring 30. I actually have the Cardinals – not getting blown out. I got them actually losing by 14, 24 to 13. You say I'm losing by 14. I did say that, but that is not math. So um, losing <laughs> okay, by 11. I wasn't, okay. Cause I wasn't sure if you were meant like you meant 27, 13, because that's a regular football score too. So I was like, I was a little confused. I was like, he has an 11-point game, but said 14. I just wanted to make sure. It's that, right, that yeah. NVU math right there. <laughs> That's that full sale math. I'm actually in a math class right now with full sale. Um, it's easy. I'm learning about uh, some addition, subtraction, fractions, exponent. It's really one of the most pointless classes. This is fourth grade math? So far, at least it's for... So, ah, man, it's it's been a tough one. You're paying for um, that? <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm paying for everything else. <laughs> everything else has actually been, like, learning and nice wait, and wait, fun. Wait, wait, wait. This is and, a journalism school, though, right? Yeah, so this is a full sale of some for sports casting. They had to throw in one environmental science class. So I had a earth and physical science, and then I had one math class. Other than that, it's been pure, like, different writing stuff, obviously. And, like, next one as like a sports and communications, like there's multiple classes like on that. Stuff. So wait, so. you're dead working on addition and subtraction right now. 
Um, I worked on a couple addition problems, like tra- subtraction. Can I get an division. example? Is it like um, eight plus six, or is it like one hundred and forty plus one hundred and forty? Like the question, I'm gonna give you a couple questions. Like one of them was, Freddy goes to the. <laughs> literally like one of them was like that bad and i was like what is going on so freddie had eight apples his friend ate four how many are left it's or like it'd be like what's eight thousand one hundred seventy four minus five thousand two hundred sixteen but you're fine to use a calculator (laughs) so like and then there was a couple questions that was like okay so uh, it would just give a percent. It'd be like, okay, so what's 40% of 24? And just like things like that where it's like I can easily just figure this out calculator-wise. It's like so sick. So it's like, okay. But anyway, so I'm in a nice college. That was at least week one. We'll see what week two, three, and four look like. But week one so far. I'm going to guess the environmental science class was just as easy too. No, it was a little bit harder. I had to – it was a little bit harder. I had to actually like do things. It was – actually like looking into like Newton's laws and things like that so it wasn't just like a hey what is photosynthesis like what what happened what is that no it was actually there's actually more to that this math class so far has been cake but speaking of cake it's going to be that for the 49ers they are going to actually they're i don't think that the last week's going to happen this week if it does then maybe i need to take the carl cardinal seriously as a playoff team but the forty nine the the Cowboys always have that we can suck game in their back pocket. The 49ers don't have that really. Like they the 49ers will lose tough games or they lose division games. I understand this is a division game, but it's not a tough game. So I have it 33-17. I don't I'm not really concerned about it. Word. Moving on to the Cowboys game. Pats at Cowboys. Cowboys are a six yep. and a half point favorite. I've seen it be a seven and a half point line. I've seen it. I think it opened at four and a half. Uh, so it's at six and a half right now as we speak on Thursday. This was another palms up game for me. The other one I left blank. Um, so I'm interested to see where you guys go here. Timmy, you first. I pray to the football gods that the Patriots win this game. Putting the Cowboys at two and two after that debacle that happened last week would just be perfect. Uh, however, I I'm leaning Cowboys here in Dallas. I think it's gonna. If it was in Gillette, I think I would probably lean <clears throat> back to the Patriots. Patriots they did beat the Cowboys last year, right? Or did they even play them last year? Am I thinking of two years ago? I think you think confused, but two I years? think they l- lost. Possibly, but anyways, okay. go on. Um, I think I think they lost. I think played. they'll be in this game, um, all the way. I got Cowboys twenty three to twenty, um, but I think it'll be a pretty physical game here, um, and I'll I'll be rooting for the Patriots. I don't know how often I'm ever going to say that again, but I'm rooting for them. I do think that game all was right. year before last, and it was a wild game, and I think the Cowboys came away with it, and the Patriots. Had their chances. I think Mac had nope. a pick six. I remember the Patriots won that game. It was like Trayvon Diggs had a pick six, and then the next play, Kendrick Bourne went 80 That's, yards on him. I, th- I yes. thought they lost and that the game. Patriots, I, I thought they lost an OT I in that game. I thought they lost that game. I'm pretty sure the Patriots walked it off. I don't think they did. 
No, it, no, the Cowboys walked it off because Dak in overtime threw it deep to a CD. It was 35-29. Yep. Oh. In OT. 35-20. I'm just looking it up right it now. It does seem like the Pats win that game because they did bounce back immediately after the pick six with that Kendrick yeah. Bourne play. That much I do remember. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember them coughing that up. Uh, Keenan, what do you have in this game? It's okay. So I'm going to start off with the t- winner and then why. 25-21 Patriots. Why? We saw last week – the Cowboys had to adjust their defense because of the loss to Trayvon Diggs. Less man, more zone. They, we saw last week a team be physical with the Cowboys front. And we saw that <clears throat> with that being said, that it neutralized Micah to a degree and they were able to run. They were able to be physical. You have Zeke coming back to Dallas you have Ramondre Stevenson, who's a very good running back. You've got Bill Belichick, who studies tape probably better than any other coach ever. He's going to see that. He's going to see that, we okay, we can be physical. I understand that. We're not going to just let Micah try to kill Mac Jones every play. We're going to be physical. We're going to run the ball, and they can do that up and down the field, I feel. I think that the Dallas Cowboys defense has always had a problem with run, against the run. They've always been great against the pass. I think when you slow this game down, comes down to making mistakes. I think that Bill Belichick can scheme up some defenses. Christian Gonzalez has been playing great football, so he's going to see a lot of CD Lamb this game, and I think he can do well the same way he did on, the same way he did well on Tyree Kill. I just see the Patriots being able to play with Dallas this entire game, and then at the end being able to make the plays defensively that they need to to get the W. I could see Zeke. I can see Zeke in the end zone. Definitely. I might see him. He might I definitely see Zeke in the end zone at some point in this Zeke game. revenge game. I see his I I can see from Zeke like a nine carries for like twenty six yards and two touchdowns. Like I could see that and like Stevenson getting the bulk of the work, but like Zeke getting a lot of the third down runs and a lot of the goal line runs and getting in. I at a twenty five, twenty one Obviously, there is a war. If they told me the team blew somebody out, the Cowboys blew the Patriots out for sure. Like the Cowboys can win this game for sure. It's not like a thing that can't happen. But I did say that the sky was going to be falling in Dallas on Monday for my Monday morning headline. And I think that to be the case. 25 21, New England. Not sure what my final score is. I do know it's going to be in the same ballpark as y'all, which is low to mid-20s. Yep. I'm conflicted because, yes, I agree. I mean, first of all, like, Micah Parsons, he's a dominant defensive player. Belichick, historically, yep. no matter what kind of team he has, is able to neutralize that type of player. Um, yep. The Cowboys have injuries on their offensive <clears> line. <throat> They've signed guys to the practice squad on their offensive line, which means guys are probably not going to play that are starters for their offensive line. Um, as you mentioned, the Patriots can run the ball. Uh, the Cowboys are terrible in the red zone. That's where Belichick defenses thrive is in the red zone. Uh, they have no power option. Um, literally there's plenty of reasons for me to pick the Pats. I just feel uneasy. I feel like I picked them a lot of these games and it backfires on me. Uh, Mm -hmm. so this is kind of a prove it game for me for the Pats. So I'm going to pick against them though. I do think it's a great matchup for them at this time. Um, 
look, they could have lost that game. I don't know how. Like, after, what, the safety in the Jets game, I flipped it over. Like, I still had it on, but I wasn't really paying attention to it. And the Jets were still somehow in that game. Uh, You can make an argument if that's Trevor Simeon. Maybe the Jets at least get that game into OT. Uh, The fact that they had a Hail Mary shot at the end of the game, a good one, is frightening to me. Um, Mm -hmm. But that being said, the Pats really did. I mean, if you don't look at the final score, the Pats really did move the ball effectively. They put up, I think, 380 yards on the Jets, um, somewhere in that ballpark. The Jets are a good defense. Uh, Look, they can definitely out-physical the Cowboys. And everything I'm saying sounds like I'm going to pick the Pats, but I'm really not. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I guess in the same ballpark as Tim, 25 to uh, say 23, 25-23 Cowboys. But really, uh, I like the Pats as a live dog in that game. I do. And uh, I don't know. I got more thoughts on Mac Jones because I think people are being hard on him. I get the stats don't look great, but I think he looks miles better than he has the last two years. And I still think it's early. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got a human at coordinator, so it's helping. It helps. It helps. Uh, but, you know, if the Pats can come away with this and they go to 2-2 two and two, going into week five, they're hitting a softer part of their schedule towards the middle of their season. So that would be good. That would be great for them. Um, but we'll see. It's, it's a prove-it game for me because yep. they were absolutely in those first two games with upper echelon teams. And uh, Cowboys, regardless of the sky's kind of fallen after that Arizona victory, or sorry, the Arizona loss and the Trayvon Diggs loss, they still should beat the Pats. So Pats, prove it to me. I think you guys got all the advantages in this game, coaching advantage, defensive advantage, uh, line advantage at this point, and the physical advantage and the red zone advantage. But I'm still going to go with the Cowboys. <clears throat> okay. Damn. You all would right, think that's the last game, to- the way we uh, broke that down, but Sunday Night Football, Chiefs at the Jets. Um, we'll be seeing a lot of Taylor Swift this game. I'm sure that'll be interesting. Uh, we got Chiefs favored over the Jets at New York. Where the fuck are we? Nine and a half a points. Game. Nine and a half points. The Chiefs are favored. I got the Chiefs winning. Supposed to be a good game. <laughs> it was supposed to be. I got the Chiefs winning 28-13. That's assuming Zach Wilson finishes the game. Uh, maybe if Simeon finishes, maybe that goes to 28-16. But 28-13, if that's Zach Wilson. As long as the Jets play Zach Wilson, I'm going to pick against them. Unless it's like the Bears or somebody. You know what I mean? But any equal team, I'm going to pick against the Jets. I just don't see it with Zach. Zachy. I'm also also picking against them here. Um, the only way I see the Jets really scoring this year is if they can run the football. And the Chiefs are pretty tough to run the football on. I think they're like the fourth best against running backs uh, this year. So um, I think this is going to be like a beating. Goff pick already. Seriously? Yeah, Goff just threw a pick. Uh, totally blank. Forgot the game was even rolling. Um, I think it's going to be a beating. I think the Chiefs are going to come in here and just control this game. Um I think Andy Reid's going to find a way to score. I think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be 23-6. to six. I think they're going to cover. <laughs> um, I think Zach Wilson is going to be seeing ghosts. Um, this is also the second week this year. It's kind of weird, but second week that Sunday night football and Monday night football are played on the same turf, same game, same stadium. Um, this happened week one. 
Cowboys, Giants, into Jets, Bills, and now it's happening again. That's interesting. So, very interesting, but... Um, Fun fact. I got Chiefs. 23-6. I've got a lot to say about this game. 37-12 to 12 Chiefs. They just won 41-10 to 10 against the Bears. Their offense is probably about the same level. That's it. Nothing else. Mahomes is worlds better than Zach Wilson, than Zachy Poo. So, yeah. <laughs> As Tim mentioned, Monday night games in New York, Seahawks going to the Giants. Uh, the Seahawks are favored by one and a half. I got the Seahawks winning 24 to 20. It's weird when they face a team like the Panthers or the Giants, who I think the Seahawks are more talented than. They always seem to, I don't know if we can even say play down to the competition, but. Seahawks seem to be in tight games with this type of matchup. And uh, the Giants can be physical. They haven't really shown that yet at all this season, but I do have the Seahawks winning 24-20. to 20. Uh, The Giants are a weird team for me. Uh, if they came away with a victory here, that would be like literally best-case scenario for them moving forward because they'll have a lot of divisional matchups. It's going to be tough for them, but I got the Seahawks coming away with it. Also in, in the Seahawks here, which is tough. Hate rooting against my own team. Obviously, I won't be rooting against them, but I just think the, the Seahawks are better at almost every single position. Um, good chance Saquon doesn't play. If Saquon doesn't play, I don't see this offense really up to its full potential. Um, I got the Seahawks 27, Giants 17. So I've got this. I think Kyle... Kyle is right on one thing for sure, and that is that the Seahawks, like, it's almost like, again, they're not playing down, but they take it light, it almost feels like. It's like they come in like they moonwalk into it. Like, they just lightly come into it. They the got game enough offensive they'll... talents where you think they could win this game by two touchdowns, but these games often end up in that 24 to 18, yeah. 2020 scenario, you know? Like the Panthers last week. Yeah. It's like they play very conservative all game because they know at some point, like they all they have to do is just like kind of like squeak their way through. It's really odd, but I got it 26, 21 best case scenario will be obviously if Saquon Barkley plays and they had the longest break. You can't, I think you can have obviously going from Thursday to Monday. So good for them in that sense. So the giants should be well rested mini by, um, but I just don't think they have enough horses. It'd be different if they had 20s. Saquon for sure. If they have if they have Saquon, this game's definitely winnable. Without Saquon, it's gonna be surprising if they win. But again, it's a game that the Seahawks randomly could lose, but then the next week play the Chiefs and beat the Chiefs or something like that. Like they just have that kind of weird up and down nature to them. But let me ask you guys this. Uh yep. we'll obviously be reconvening on Monday. Uh Give me one bold prediction from this weekend's games. One bold prediction from these weekend's games. Justin Fields has an 80-plus yard run. Is that bold against a team that just gave up 70? Oh, Is that not? I mean, me... you, you're, the, you're the one that says that it's there's no way that they should even do anything. So, I mean, I guess. No, I got, I got, I got them. I got a high scoring game. It's a 27, 24 game. I just don't have them winning. Bold prediction for Justin Fields. He has two runs over 50 yards. That's a little better. I think. Okay. 
guess if I mean I don't know how an eighty yard plus runs not bold. Like that's the one thing we can expect. That's like one thing we can expect from Justin Fields. Yeah, like we're expecting him to run to make up his. Yeah, his do we expect eighty yard runs from people? Ah oh, man, McCaffrey's gonna run for eighty yards on one Fields, play. I could see a couple really last. Year. You tell me that happens any game. I'm like, yeah, I can see it. Okay, and you if you told me Curry made fifteen threes, that would be surprise. It wouldn't. But like, I think, happen, I think, I think but Fields, it would be still be bold. I think Fields. It has never happened. I think Fields had one, and he's going to. Here's the thing: he's okay. going against the seventy point defense. Okay. Who gave up multiple uh, sixty plus yards okay. runs last and week? So and they're was, favored. Okay, so if I <laughs> yeah, was to say favored. that about Lamar Jackson, would that be okay? Would I'm just expecting Boulder. I'm just expecting Cleveland? Boulder. That's Boulder. all. Okay, so what do you want me to say? That two was throwing for seven fifty? Like, well, I got, <laughs> well, I got one. I got, as you know, I had the Browns twenty-one to fifteen. Uh, all three of those scores are going to be Deshaun Watson rushing touchdowns. Yeah, just like okay, <laughs> okay. All from sixty yards out. No, I'm just kidding. But at least three. They're gonna be all red zone ugly ass touchdowns. Will that happen? Hell no. But that's gonna be my bold prediction, and it fits with my uh my game picks. Okay. But I like it. We all got rushing quarterback ones there. I guess two of them being Fields. Oh, oh, I, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm, mine's gonna switch up. Um. So. I got CJ Stroud throws for 450. I like it. I like it. Is that, is that better? Is that bold enough for it's you guys? Better. Is that okay? Bold. You can say four. Okay. Four well, I mean, Tim, 350. Even. Tim had a really weak bold prediction in the uh, in the preseason one that we did for the season. It was like, I forget what it was, but I remember clowning it. Because I was like, that's bold, but not bold enough. I remember you saying Micah Parsons has an eight sack game. I think that's just like. You say five, that's bold. Yeah, Eight's exactly. just crazy. Exactly. I go over the top with these. Like Deshaun Watson getting three rushing touchdowns. That shit ain't It's crazy. hard for me to make a bold prediction that goes against my, like, game picks. So looking at it like that, it's just harder to make a bold prediction. I feel that. I feel that. But me and Keenan, with our – we used to make pretty damn bold predictions. I mean, we still did. We still got some good ones in the preseason. That was a good one today. The 250-plus yard runs by Fields. Um, if you would have said an 80 yard touchdown throw, that would have been bold. <laughs> Fields, I still, okay. I still can't believe you offered me DJ Moore. I'm still not about that. Hey, there was another piece. <laughs> hey, first of I all, gotta, welcome to the league. Um, you're gonna get those trades. You're gonna get them pretty often. Hey, it was it was a better league, trade man. than I was offered in my other league today. Yeah, that exactly. Was, so like, don't don't be clowning me. I'm at least giving you a starter, maybe. The other piece of that was better. <laughs> a, he starts for the, he starts for an NFL. Also, team. to be fair, AJ Brown hasn't looked phenomenal up until this week. He had a pretty good, good this week, week three, yeah. But weeks one and two, he did not look like the AJ Brown we know. So it's fair. All right, so picks are done. Dame talk is done. It is week. It's officially week four of the NFL. Packers are up three nothing as of right now. Ten thirty left, and. Uh, any last words, any other things that people want to say? We got a bold prediction now. We got Monday morning headline last Monday or last ten yeah, last Monday. So Did I give a Monday morning headline last time? I don't think I did. Probably not, because you usually ask us what do you want and then don't have one for yourself. That's not true. <laughs> usually a, usually I answer. I don't think I did for that well, one. Sometimes it depends. <laughs> but do you have one? Let me think. Okay. Um Jacksonville will be on life alert. 
even though I picked them in my picks. Jacksonville but. will be on life alert. All right, Timmy, do you want a new one? Obviously, you said because your yours already came true. Mine did come true. Get a new one. So yours is already true. So mine. So which you got another the Bengals? One. I want. No, his. Um, I said the Bengals one actually. He said that the Jets were going to get a quarterback. Yeah, sign another. Uh, sign a quarterback. I want to say that a coach gets fired. I just think it's too early. It's really too early. Like week six or seven, I think at that point they might yeah. fire a coach. But week four is really early. I think there's quite a few coaches on the hot seat. So come back to me in a couple of weeks and I'll I'll pick the coach. Belichick randomly gets fired after losing to the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Makes so Tom Brady say- coach. Yeah, I don't. My other, my because I had the Bengals are going to be fine, and then I had uh, the Dolphins are Super Bowl favorites for my other one, like like definitive Super Bowl favorites, and I do have them winning this game. So, oh geez, Laporta's been playing bully ball. Okay, I got to watch this game. All right, everybody, this was the Warner Brothers podcast again. Live take, download that app. Follow us on the follow us at Warner Brothers Podcast everywhere, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter. We don't really use it because that's that. YouTube. But follow us, Warner Brothers Podcast. You know who we are, and we are out.